Hey folks, it's Jeremy, the host of Blamo. Thanks so much for listening. This is a preview of one of our exclusive shows on Patreon. These are member-supported shows, meaning they only happen because of our incredible members and community. So check out a preview of the episode, and if you like it, consider joining us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Blamo, where we have tons of exclusive Blamo episodes, shows, our amazing Slack group, and we're adding new things for members all the time. If not, no worries, we still love you, and we literally have hundreds of episodes of Blamo all free for you to dive into. Thanks so much. Hey, it's Jeremy from Blamo, and this time we're live. Well, we were live at the Armory with H. Moser. Edward Malin from H. Moser and Mark Cho of the Armory joined us to have a conversation on craft. We chatted about Mark Cho's quest to find the perfect watch size and why Edward is averse to big data. Last but not least, we all discussed the value of taste and is it worth paying for? I just want to thank everyone for being here. This is really huge. This is special. And we're, we're at the, the new Armory Westbury. So, Edward, how you doing, man? Thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure. I'm super excited to be here. It's a great opportunity. You good? Just found out they opened two days ago and that we had the first one here, so yeah. very exciting. Yeah, right? This place opened... To, uh, Mark, how did you get this put together so quick? I didn't sleep for a while. Yeah? <laughs> so I don't know if anyone noticed this is kind of a, a new location here from the Armory. I mean, when you think of the, the, the Armory retail sort of empire, does this, does this look familiar to any of you? This is all brand new that it just got put together. Um, Mark, would you mind just giving a very quick introduction to yourself? My name is Mark Cho. I'm a co-founder of The Armory. Um, we are a classic menswear business. It's been around for about 10 years now. And this is our latest outpost. Yeah. Up here in the Upper East Side. In the Upper East Side. A place where so many people live and just want to stay. I'm serious. It's a crazy thing. There, were, there was someone that was coming in earlier and they were like, uh, yeah, I, I don't really go down to Tribeca, so I'm really glad you're here. Anyway, so I, I wanted to chat a bit about the concept of luxury and craft. And as you can see, if you look in the 4K video, you can see my talking points on, on my hand here. Spoiler alert, everyone. Um, because I think there's something that's really interesting to me. Every single person that likes clothes always has this fascination with another maybe little mechanical object, which is usually a watch. I mean, Mark, when I first met you, I was more into the watches because you just had all these very you know strange and beautiful little watches around your wrist before I even caught on to the clothes. And I think that's something that you see a lot of men come alongside is sometimes it starts with watches and gets into clothes or it goes with watches but goes into clothes. But Edward, I mean, what about you? Was watches, I mean, is a bit of your family, but I mean, how did you interact with both of these things together and what, what came first? To be honest, I think, uh, well, I grew up with uh, watches in my blood. Well, not the actual watches, but yeah, I grew up in that, that you know, those valleys in Switzerland where we, we talk about watches, we breeze watches. It's, mm -hmm. it's our life, and to some extent too much for other people outside of that world, but it's a different story. But, you know, I think, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think this, uh, this is, there's really a, a link between the two, and, and for us, a brand like, like ours, it was essential in, in developing and deciding what we were, were to do wanting to do with a, with a brand is, yeah. was really to look at the way our generation and other generations are, look, are looking at watches and not just as a collectible item, but something part of who they are and how it fits with, with the rest. And I think we managed pretty well to, um, to develop an identity around that where you know, people, 
I see more and more people choosing the dial, choosing the color, choosing the the, the, the bracelet, matching the shoes, ma matching the belt, and there's really a lot of aspects uh, and uh, thought given in, in into that. And I think we we, we grasp that pretty early. Yeah, Mark, what about you? You mean regarding like in, watches? In terms, yeah, I mean because you've. You've always walked this line of like being very enclosed, but also having an incredibly unique <laughs> watch on your wrist. You know, so with, with watches, what's interesting is that there are two sides of it. One is that um, the watches are part of your self-expression, right? They become part of your outfit, so you yeah. pick things based on what you're wearing today. But on the other hand, there's also the part of just they're beautiful things, right? And if you're into this level of clothing and you start to enjoy and love this level of detail and of engineering and of artistry, then uh, you really, really start to appreciate how much is in a watch, like how much is contained in that little microcosm too. Yeah. And I think, I mean, the, the elephant in the room there, at least for me, I'll be honest, whatever I'm wearing or the watch that I have on, I kind of want that to validate myself in the room. You know, I don't know. I'm sure everyone that came here, you probably picked out what you were going to wear, right? It's not like you're like, oh, this old thing. I mean, so and, and so much of that. And I think that's really interesting to me. And the fact that I want what's on my wrist and what's on my body to tell everyone else that I'm okay or, or it's, it's accepted. And especially when you look at today's day and age and where everything is okay and nothing is okay, it's still nice to kind of have something to cling to. Um, and, in terms of like, what, what was your first watch, Mark? My first, my first watch was a Seamaster that I got as a gift when I graduated. But my first watch that I actually paid for for myself was actually a Omega Chronostop, like a 1970s Omega Chronostop. I used to pass by this secondhand watch store before these called vintage watch stores, and it was in the window. And I <laughs> took my first paycheck and I paid 350 pounds for this Omega Chronostop, and it was awesome. I still have it. You know? Really? Yeah. Why is it that you remember so much about that day? I just remember that part. I don't. I don't remember anything else. Oh wait, no. I remember See? wasting. I remember wasting a lot of time at work when I should have been working trying to pick out a watch. Oh, okay. Mm. Edward, what about you? My, I think my first true watch was a, a, a gift from my father, and I was seven or eight. And it was. I remember it was a Lemania with uh, with blue hands. And at that time, it was not so cool. Everybody wanted a Casio with those digital watches. And I was like, fuck, why do I have this uh, mechanical <laughs> watch? And frankly, today, I wish I, I would still have it. I, I just remember exactly how it looks. And I don't know what happened with it. But uh, yeah, that was the, oh. real, the real. And you would have loved it. It probably was 36 or 35 millimeter. Like we, <laughs> oh, yeah. But, yeah. I don't have it anymore. It's, it's sad. As a heads up, Mark loves watches that have very, very small dials. 33, 34 millimeters. So up to 36. By the way, as a, as a side note, Mark, we'll, we'll jump back onto the topic after this. Can you explain, you did a survey. I was obsessed enough with this topic that I did put together a survey that took 12 months to collect a lot of data, and then I wrote a long-ass report about it. <laughs> and then I ended up getting contacted by a couple of watch companies for the data, so I even went to their offices to make presentations on the data. Because I, was, because I was just very sick of hearing people complain about their watch sizes. And I was just like, please, just shut up. Like, I'll just collect some data for all of you. It's, it's fine. And um, actually, you know, I was also having conversations in the store with customers all the time where people would be like, oh, I have really small wrists, right? But I was hearing it so often. I was like, this is impossible. Not everyone can have very small wrists. Uh, so I decided to put the survey together, and I collect some data, and the rest is history. Yeah. 
So you've been measuring of the, the risks of all your customers for 12 months? I actually, you know, um, Bergeon actually sells a little plastic ah, yeah. wrist measuring tape. Can you explain who Bergeon is real quick? Bergeon, they make, um, they're a Swiss company that makes watch tools. Okay. And somehow they have this little plastic thing that I was carrying around in my suitcase, in my briefcase all the time. So I went, Wait, what's your watch size? <laughs> I was sorry, wrist size. It's, so, I mean, the, what you're talking about is basically like big data and something that's more or less viewed as art, right? Oh, it's dorky data for sure, yeah. I mean, how much of that and specifically data goes into what you guys are making over at Moser? Because, I mean, to, to make something like a watch, I mean, it is a work of art, but yeah. you're looking for data points, right? No. <laughs> Well, we look at data when it comes to marketing. When it comes to product development, we hate data. I think I, it was interesting. A few years back, I was sitting on a panel uh, with the CEO of a big brand, and people were asking, like, how do you create? And this gentleman said, you know, for us, it's all about consumer research. We gather data, and we, we want to make sure that what we launch is exactly what the customer expects. Mm. And they asked us, they said, oh, so your approach is the same. I said, well, no, it's the opposite. I mean, and that's the difference, I think, between Pret-à-Porter and Haute Couture. I think brands like ours, where we do pretty much everything in-house in very small quantities, what we want to do is to be ahead of the trend, to create something that will surprise people, that will be unexpected. I mean, we created watches where we removed, you know, all the logo and things like this. When I showed it to, to um, and we talked about it internally, Yeah, like, like the watch you're wearing. Yeah. Everybody was like, no, you cannot sell a watch without a logo. And I said, why? Well, be, because nobody does it. And I said, but that's maybe the reason why brands like ours, who have to stand out, who have to be different, need to do those kind of things. And it's today one of the most success, successful segments that we have. And it's really part of our identity. And I asked somebody, and I asked the, the customers, probably we, we would have never done that. And I think that's, that's the difference between those big brands, more fashionable Yeah. And brands like ours, which are maybe more this, you know, uh, haute couture and sur mesure. Yeah, I mean, Mark, that's that's something that's always reminded me. I mean, we have a bit of a history together. I used to work with you, and we did work together. Yeah, it's a troubling few years. Actually. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, that was something that I always watched how you operate in the sense that it felt like a lot of the feelings that we were, you know, decisions and things that we were making as a team was was really this this gut mentality. And, you know, it's very similar to what you're talking about where it's not like, yeah, we weren't taking a survey of like, hey, what's, what's everyone's favorite clothing size? This was... So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go off on a huge long rant. Hit me. I've had a few drinks. Go off, King. Um, <laughs> big data is the antithesis of crafts, right? Okay. And the reason for that is because... Want to hear the rest or not miss a live event in the future? Join the Blam Fam at patreon.com forward slash blammo. You can listen to this episode and many more from our recent interview with Sid Mashburn and get access to our community Slack group. It's great. And the best of all, you're supporting the pod. All right. Let's see you there.